Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. I want to do an update about something I said yesterday on the, on the Dirt Show. Um, when the Dirt Show was on, um, the um, demonstration in favor of Israel in Washington, the demonstration leaders had estimated that the crowd would be 60,000. So I used that figure. It turns out the crowd was considerably larger. We don't know exactly how large, and crowd estimates are, are very difficult, as we all know. Um, for example, the Arab American Anti-Discrimination Committee, which, of course, um, is a Hamas cover and supports discrimination against Israel and against Jews, and you know, it was a rapidly, rapidly dishonest organization. Uh, they talked about, quote, the Israel-sponsored march in support of genocide. I don't remember anybody supporting genocide, but they uh, gave their own estimate of the crowd size. 20,000. The estimated 20,000 who gathered explicitly called for the massacre of innocent civilians. You know, it's just, just total incomplete and utter nonsense, but that's the uh, Arab uh, uh, Anti-Discrimination League. They base their name on the Anti-Defamation League, but the difference is the Anti-Defamation League has credibility and people believe it. This group has no credibility whatsoever. So there weren't 20,000 people. Were there 300,000 people? Estimates vary. I've seen estimates of 290, 200, 150. It was a large crowd, much bigger than the 60 that were anticipated. The 60, by the way, were based on the request done by the organizers for um, a permit. And they said their estimate is that they'll get 60,000 people. They got more. Now, some people tried to come but couldn't come because uh, uh, bus drivers um, refused to take um, Jews uh, to uh, a pro-Israel rally and uh, in clear violation of anti-discrimination laws. And I hope that they'll be uh, proceeded against. Um, but on balance, I think the demonstration was a success. You know my view uh, of demonstrations. I just, maybe because I'm a professor and, and uh, you know, somebody who reads and writes books, I just don't like slogans. I don't like whether it's Palestine will be free from the from the river to the sea or or pro-Israel slogans. I mean, they're, you know, okay, okay, but they're not going to persuade anybody. Maybe nobody's going to persuade anybody. That's part of the problem. There are so many closed minds. Uh, and anybody who does not understand this as pure, basic Jew hatred really has to get their heads examined. Uh, there's no justification. Let me, let me get to a, a perfect example that comes from the Wall Street Journal, who did the right thing. They had an editorial yesterday in the Wall Street Journal that was brilliant. It's called the Battle for Al-Shifra Hospital. Remember, that's the hospital that uh, Israel um, knew, and American intelligence confirmed it was basically a command center. Um, they were using, they were hiding their guns in the in the machines that are used to diagnose patients, and 
they were hiding their fighters and their their uh, and Israel went in and you know there were all kind of videotapes showing uh, what what the hospital was being used for and it was a entirely legitimate military uh, target but you wouldn't know that from listening to CNN you wouldn't know that from reading the New York Times you wouldn't know that from listening to the Secretary General of the UN or uh, Doctors Without Borders or Amnesty International. Uh, or Human Rights Watch. You wouldn't know that because it's Israel. And here's the proof. The Wall Street Journal put it absolutely brilliantly. On December 8th, 2016, talking a long time ago, U.S. Central Command released the following statement, quote, coalition strikes Mosul Hospital. The Islamic State, it explained, quote, was using the hospital as a base of operations and command and control headquarters, just like Hamas was using Al-Shifra Hospital. Accordingly, the U.S.-led coalition conducted precision strikes in support of Iraqi troops who fought for the hospital, exactly what uh, Israel did. Uh, and then the, the Wall Street Journal continues, the story and the scandal wasn't that the United States struck the terrorists where they hid, but that the terrorists had used the hospitals for cover in the first place. Here's what Human Watch said. Human Watch, this virulently anti-Israel bigoted organization. But here's what they said back in 2006. In the Mosul battle, ISIS used hospital base, and that uh, that was the headline of the Human Rights uh, Watch. It explained that, quote, armed forces or groups should not occupy medical facilities undermining their protected status because it wasn't Jews, because it wasn't Israel. So Human Rights Watch has a completely double standard when it comes to Israel and Jews. The Wall Street Journal continues, today in Gaza, Hamas terrorists use the same war crime tactics, only now observers rush to apologize to it. See the front page of Human Rights Watch now, the human rights website now, when Jews are involved. Unlawful Israeli hospital strikes worsen health crisis. For 4,500 words, the group acts as Hamas's defense attorney, contesting Israel's claims and dismissing evidence. There's no difference, no difference. Israel engaged in targeted strikes. They sent their soldiers in at risk to their own lives. Uh, they captured terrorists. They found all kinds of weapons. They took over the control and command center. But when the United States did exactly the same thing in 2006, Human Rights Watch praised what they did. But when Israel did exactly the same thing, uh, unlawful Israeli hospital strikes, Somehow it was lawful when the United States did it. Same thing is true with uh, statistics. The New York Times today has a story saying that the 10 or 11,000 people who were killed in the Gaza, it's probably more like 2,000, um, when you discount the terrorists who were killed and uh, the, the strong supporters of terrorists who were killed, they say it was the worst toll, air toll in any battle, any airstrike battle in this century. No. No, it wasn't even close. In Iraq, it was between 270 and 330. You know what that is a multiple of? Civilians killed. What about in Afghanistan? Over 75,000 civilians killed. So even if the Hamas figures were correct of 10,000, it doesn't even compare. But the New York Times says, not in its editorial, in its news reporting, in its news reporting, that this is the largest civilian toll in this century. Um, Syria, the toll was 
much, 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 much greater. Uh, and so what we're seeing is lies, lies, lies um, from uh, the newspaper of record, the New York Times. We'll see whether they correct the record, because I'm sure that there will be people complaining about it. Um, in the 2008-9 war, I'm continuing with the Wall Street Journal, Hamas leaders hid in a bunker under the hospital. The New York Times wrote that Hamas operated openly in the halls. In the 2004 war, the Washington Post reported that Shifra was a Hamas de facto headquarters. Amnesty International, Amnesty International, again, another virulently anti-Israel and anti-Semitic organization. Don't contribute a penny to them. Amnesty International found that Hamas tortured prisoners on hospital grounds. And, you know, uh, on Tuesday, the White House confirmed what Israel has long alleged. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby cited U.S. intelligence that, quote, Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad members operate a command and control node from Al-Shifra Hospital in Gaza City. What could be clearer? But it's not clear to the enemies of Israel. They apply an obvious double standard. If Israel does it, it's a war crime. If it, if if Hamas does it, well, well that's expected of them. Um, National Lawyers Guild uh, writes a, a statement uh, justifying uh, the slaughter of Israelis on October 7th as a legitimate military action calls for Israel to release every Palestinian prisoner, including mass murderers, and doesn't say a single word about the hostages, not a single word about the hospital hostages. And then it attacks America for normalizing, that's its word, for normalizing relationships with uh, Israel. Uh, Amnesty International, National Lawyers Guild, uh, Human Rights Watch, they're, they're birds of a feather. Uh, when it comes to Israel, everything Israel does is wrong. When it comes to the United States, pretty much everything the United States does is wrong, especially when it works together with uh, Israel. But it won't say a word about uh, about China, Iran, Syria, uh, the real bad guys. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's just, uh, it's so obvious that everybody should understand it. And that's why my view, and to get back to yesterday's demonstration, which again, uh, people worked very hard on it. It was very successful. It conveyed a good message to uh, Congress and to the White House. I wish President Biden had been there. I wish Vice President Harris had been there. I wish other people uh, from the administration had been there. They're busy, obviously, but they could have made time. They could have done what President Herzog did, did and that is have a video message um, and, uh, and, and congratulate them on, on their presence and on their advocacy, but uh, they, they didn't do that. Um, I'm still, you know, as an academic, I guess, maybe I'm spoiled. I just slogan changing and, uh, you know, just issuing slogans and, and seeing how many people you can bring uh, to uh, a crowded demonstration. It just, you got to do more. You got to do better. I, I, we'll wait and see whether the demonstration changed any minds, whether it changed votes in Congress. I hope it did. Uh, and I want to, again, commend the people who who did it. Uh, it, uh, it was a wonderful display uh, of, of uh, strong support for, uh, for Israel. It wasn't support for genocide. It wasn't support uh, for um, any particular 
Um, military um, activity certainly wasn't support for anything like apartheid. It was support for Israel's right to exist as the nation state of the Jewish people, uh, just like Jordan exists as uh, the nation state of the Jordanian people with a state religion. Israel doesn't, this is going to be surprising to you. Israel does not have an established religion. England does. The United States does not. France does not. And Israel does not. Judaism is not the established religion. Um, three religions uh, have the same status. Um, uh, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Uh, you know, the signs on the streets are in Hebrew and in Arabic. Some of them are in English, but they're all in Arabic. Arabic is an official language of Israel. And um, uh, there is official status. The, the imams have the same status as the rabbis have and, and the ministers have. Uh, now, I'm not going to tell you that Judaism doesn't have a preferred place in the nation state of the Jewish people. Of course, it does. Um, there are Jewish holidays. But by the way, there are Muslim holidays. Uh, there are cities in Israel that, you know, close uh, for Ramadan times and for uh, uh, Friday. And, uh, you know, when you go to uh, Nazareth, Lower Nazareth, um, or when you go to the places on the West Bank, like uh, Ramallah, um, uh, Islam has the status there that, that Judaism has. Look, I'd much prefer if Israel uh, didn't have any recognition of the chief rabbinate or give any any um, official governmental functions like marriage over to uh, religious authorities. I've been fighting for that for probably since I'm old enough to fight for anything, probably starting in, in the 1950s. I've been fighting for not having, but remember that, uh, yes, the rabbis control who marries if you're Jewish, but the imams control who marries if you're Muslim and the ministers and priests control who marries if you're Protestant or a Catholic all wrong, but equally wrong. It's not something that prefers uh, the rabbis over the um, imams. Now, of course, you know, there are there are things that are beneficial uh, for being a Jew in Israel. Um, you can serve in the army, and that's a big deal serving in the army because you do risk your life and people die. Lots of people die, but you also get trained very well. And there are Muslims and Arabs in the army. Bedouins serve, uh, the Druze serve, but uh, more traditional uh, Arabs and Muslims uh, choose not to. They can if they want to, but they choose not to, along with very orthodox Jews, Haredim, who choose not to. So they have the, the same status. Also, there is a law of return. Yeah, but I think 44 countries in the world have laws of, laws of return that people of their ethnicity or background have the right to come back to the country and they get special status um, and preference for citizenship. The same thing is true in Israel. Uh, the law of return was established because no country in the world would take Jews um, during the Holocaust, including the United States under President Roosevelt, including Canada, which was the worst of all. Um, uh, and um, and uh, one of the first reactions to the refusal of countries around the world, they could have saved probably 5 million of the 6 million if Jews could have gone to Iceland, if Jews could have gone to Greenland, uh, if Jews could have gone to islands in the Caribbean, uh, anywhere, uh, but no country would take them. And so they were uh, they were killed. They were murdered. Uh, Judenrein. Uh, the, the Europe had to be free of Jews. And the only way to get them free because no country would take them. 
was to murder them. And so it's understandable that the first law that Israel would pass when it was established as a state, the first law was actually the second law. The first law hasn't worked. It was to create a constitution. Hey, whatever happened to that one? It's 75 years. Israel still doesn't have a constitution. It may get one after this. There's some movement in that direction. But you can understand why an early law would have been the law of return saying no Jew will ever be turned down. Uh, by Israel. But of course, Jews are turned down. Uh, Meyer Lansky, the famous um, mafia accountant, uh, was turned down. Um, and um, and other criminals were turned down. And Israel does, of course, extradite Jews uh, to uh, Western democracies that have cases against them. So, you know, the, the, the arguments against Israel are way exaggerated. You know, it's not a colonialist state. It's not a settler state. It's not an apartheid state. It's not a genocidal state. It's a state, a state, the only state, the Jewish people. And uh, fortunately, it has a, a strong army. It, I thought it had a very strong intelligence. Um, we have um, uh, seen events that have raised some doubts about that. I, think, I still think the intelligence is very strong and the army is very strong, but they really, really, really messed up on, uh, on October 7th. And uh, we'll hear more about that, believe me. Israelis don't forget, uh, just like the Yom Kippur War uh, caused the end of the career, basically, of Golda Meir and other, uh, the the Shatila and Sabra massacres, which Israel didn't perpetuate. It was phalangists in, in Lebanon, but that temporarily ended the career of uh, General Sharon. And I think we're going to see a real reckoning uh, for how the events of October 7th could have unfolded, not just how Israel could have missed all the clues that Hamas was planning something big. They were apparently doing it pretty much in the open with with replica towns looking like the towns they were going to invade and the kibbutzim they were going to invade. Um, the workers who came into Gaza, from, came in from Gaza to Israel, some of them were spies, giving information back. They were practicing they're paragliding, and, and the Israeli intelligence just didn't pick it up. But that's not the greatest failing of all. The greatest failing of all was once they penetrated the fence and started murdering people, how long it took the Israeli army to get down there. It shouldn't have taken more than 10 minutes, and it took hours. And, you know, there were people, uh, uh, there was a general, a former general, who got into his private car with a pistol and got there faster than the army and saved members of his family. So there'll be a reckoning, there'll be an accounting, and um, and and the Israeli public will point fingers, and uh, we'll see what the reaction to that is. But right now, Israel is united. Uh, the vast majority of Jews in America and around the world are united, and I'm not talking about phony organizations like Jewish Voice for Peace, which isn't Jewish. Um, it's a beard. They use Jewish in order to say, oh, see, we're Jewish and we think Israel is an apartheid genocidal state that ought to be abolished. So it must be true because we're Jewish. No, we're not. And even if you were, it wouldn't make a difference. That doesn't make the argument any stronger. But, um, you know, you must continue. Uh, Israel must continue to make its case. It's making its case tonight, today, as we speak. It's um, putting on television, some of the stations are carrying it, some less so, the videotapes, um, which are very powerful. The videotapes taken in the uh, hospital, and by the way, 
Very few people were killed in the hospital. It was, a, it was a, exactly what the United States had called for. You'd think the United States would congratulate Israel on what it did in the hospital. It was a surgical attack with very few people killed, um, the vast majority of which were Hamas fighters. And Israel has now gotten incubators for babies and generators and fuel. They're transferring patients to field hospitals. There is a ship off the coast of Gaza, a hospital ship that um, uh, will soon be able to uh, take patients from hospitals. But Israel has an absolute right under international law to attack a hospital that has violated its immunity by allowing itself to be used um, for a commander base and for rockets. And don't believe for one second that the doctors, the hospital people didn't know it. How do you not know it? I mean, this has been evident for years now that Hamas uses hospitals as command centers. And the United States has finally acknowledged that through its own intelligence sources. And, um, and, and Israel did the right thing instead of bombing it from the air. They obviously had to do some bombing to clear the way, but they send in soldiers who risk their own lives and um, and took prisoners and interrogated some of the prisoners. And I hope they took as people to interrogate some of the doctors. Some of the doctors are Hamas uh, co-conspirators and complicitous. Yeah, they may be doctors. They may be administering to patients, but so is Dr. Mengele, uh, a doctor. Uh, being a doctor doesn't immunize you from being prosecuted if you're, in fact, uh, essentially uh, a Hamas uh, a terrorist, a Hamas fighter, somebody who is uh, allowing Hamas to use the facilities of the hospital uh, to kill Jews. And remember what happened right after the October 7th uh, massacres. Where do you think these people came? They went to the hospital, not for treatment, to hide in the tunnels, in the basements. Apparently there are seven levels of um, terrorist activities underneath the hospital. Um, and I'm sure the same thing is true at other hospitals, and I know the same thing is true in Iran. Iran is now hiding its nuclear facilities beneath hospitals, beneath kindergartens. The world has to do something about that. You can't let the terrorists win by using human shields. As far as I know, the International Criminal Court has never prosecuted anybody for using civilians, babies, children as human shields. What happens is they prosecute the people who attack the command centers, which they're entitled to do under international law. A hospital is immune from being attacked as long as it is predominantly a hospital. But once that hospital allows itself to be taken over by terrorists, to be used as a command base, it loses its status as an exempt or immune from military attack. And it can be attacked along with anything else, just like mosques can be attacked and schools. The, 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 the attacker has to take all reasonable precautions. But reasonable precautions doesn't mean you continue to allow the hospital to be used. Otherwise, terrorists win. Terrorists win every time if you allow them to use these civilian shields in the civilian centers. So this war is going to change, I think, the law. The law 
the application of the law. The law has been clear from the beginning. Once you use a civilian facility as a, a place of hiding combatants or, or hiding weapons, it loses its status as civilian and it becomes a military target. But I think it will change the, the perception of the law and, and maybe the way international courts uh, handle that. I had one suggestion, but you know it's obviously unrealistic, that Israel should have sought a declaratory judgment, an advanced judgment saying, look, here are the facts. We know that Hamas is using these uh, uh, hospitals. What should we do? What should we do? We just allow them to continue to send rockets and kill Israelis? No, you can't do that. Don't tell us to do that. What should they do? The United States answer was surgical strikes. That's exactly what Israel did uh, last night. And what it's continuing to do today and what it will continue to do, Israel is going about it in exactly the right way. It's clearing out the north of Gaza from as many civilians as possible. It's giving humanitarian pauses. It's allowing, I can't imagine any army in history doing more to protect civilians than Israel. And I can't imagine any army in history being condemned more than Israel. There's something wrong when the best is called the worst and the worst is called the best. It's called bigotry. We'll hear more about that. But now let's go to some letters. I got a lot of letters, obviously, and deservedly so, about the 60,000. Um, again, we, we we don't know what the numbers are, but there are were, were a lot more than 60,000, uh, probably, probably less than the uh, largest amounts put forward by uh, the supporters, and certainly nowhere near the 20,000 that the Arab Anti-Discrimination League uh, put out. Okay, here's some letters. Need to take these demonstrations as college campuses. I don't agree. I don't agree. If you go to college campuses, the demonstrations against Israel will be five times the amount of the demonstrations for Israel. What you take to college campuses are lectures, uh, slides, uh, books, uh, internet, uh, you know, again, exchanging slogans. You don't win when you exchange slogans. You win when you exchange ideas. Maybe I'm thinking too highly of students, that's certainly possible, but that's the approach uh, I would take. Uh, I disagree with your evaluation of the e efficacy of rallies and protest marches. It's not about winning the numbers. These events build enthusiasm and commitment among like-minded people. They are good for causes and movements. Bookish academics love cloistered studies. I think he's talking about me. Tend not to understand this. Uh, but most people are group-oriented. I agree with that. I, I think there's a point to that. I agree with it. I just don't think it's a substitute for making the case. I guess that's why I wrote a book uh, so many years ago called The Case for Israel, which was a college bestseller and a national New York Times bestseller. It did change minds. You know the story of the uh, Muslim terrorist who was going to go to Israel and blow people up and read my book and became a Zionist. I'm not saying that always happens, but... I think books can have an impact. I hope so, because I spent my life writing them. And, you know, I just finished. Literally, the book got closed, finished just the other day. The War Against, war against the Jews, um, with a blurb from the president of Israel. I hope people will read this. I hope it will have an impact. I'm not sure it will have an impact anywhere like the demonstrations. Cause I, doubt, I doubt that 300,000 people will read my book. But, um, uh, you know, 300,000 people do read my columns sometimes and, um, and watch the show, um, uh, at least occasionally. So everybody has to do what they can do. I'm not, you know, I've spoken at demonstrations. I've spoken for Soviet Jewry at demonstrations. I, and I would speak at other demonstrations, but it's not for me 
the priority. My priority is writing, doing the podcast, speaking, op-eds, books, etc. Okay, uh, absolutely correct. Supporters of Israel and I am one need to effectively, loudly, clearly make the case for Israel's existence. It must be often. It must be all the forms of social and mass media. We must go where the ears and minds are. I agree with you about ears. I'm not sure how many open minds there still are. So, uh, well, continue to do it. And here's a here's an anti-Semitic one. Um, when you have to pay people to go to your protests and half the speakers aren't even connected to Israel, you should know you've lost the way. Hardly surprising when you have to lie to justify bombing hospitals. Now, I'm not lying. It's the Hamas that's lying. Hamas, by the way, after Israel showed the videos, showed the videos of the guns in the basement, they said, oh, no, no, those are made up videos. They were uh, contrived. They're, they're not true. There were no guns in the basement. Who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? No, uh, uh, Israel showed the videotapes. They're true. And, and CNN keeps saying, we can't independently confirm that. Well, but you say a lot of things you can't independently confirm, like 11,000 people were killed when it's probably closer to 2,000 civilians. Um, so... Uh, consistency. Uh, there are always, this is an interesting one. There are always more protesters for negative events than positive ones. Most people just stay home and are not into protesting. Free the hostages. I think there's some, I think there's some truth to that. And when you're anti-Israel, uh, you're going to get more enthusiasm than when you're pro-Israel. Okay. Arab citizens of Israel are second-class citizens. Um, one thing is what the law says, but re really, they don't have the same rights or benefits. As I said before, there are some differences, the law of return, uh, army uh, service, but under the Bill of Rights, the I'm sorry, the Declaration of Independence of Israel, uh, all citizens are equal. That may be aspirational, but uh, the same thing is true in the United States. Are African-American citizens equal in the United States? Um, by law, they are. Uh, in practice, are they? Well, not so much. So um, every country has a problem with minorities, and uh, Israel is no exception. Just a question. Israel is a really small country. Where does it get its natural resources from, for its military and hospitals, uh, etc.? Well, that's a very interesting question. They have no natural resources. Uh, now they found a little bit of um, natural gas off the coast of northern Israel and Lebanon. But in general, Israel's natural resources hard work and intelligence. It's a high-tech uh, startup a nation, and that's where it gets its resources. It sells its technology. Um, you know, it doesn't make the money on selling oranges. It has the greatest oranges in the world, Jaffa oranges, but it's not going to, you know, Ben-Gurion, like Thomas Jefferson, thought Israel would survive as an agricultural country. But Netanyahu uh, uh, and Perez, uh, like Alexander Hamilton, knew that countries in the Western modern world don't survive on oranges. They survive on technology and industry. And so Israel has really made its own way and uh, supported itself uh, without natural uh, resources, unlike the Gulf countries, which have oil. You know, as people say, Moses made the wrong turn when after 40 years of wandering, he turned left and went to this barren country with no resources instead of turning right and finding uh, oil in Saudi Arabia or uh, the Gulf states. All right. By next week, things will be very, very different. But keep sending me uh, letters and and keep supporting America because support 
for America is support for Israel. Support for Israel is support for America. We're in this together and we have to be victorious over the barbarians who would destroy us because if Hamas wins, it's coming to a theater near you. See you next week. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.